Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 709, recording today live on uh, Wednesday, the 6th of April, uh, 2022. As we're heading into spring, I just had a little bit of a warning about my internet connection. I do hope it's not going to be one of those days, which is bizarre because I just got a new 5G phone and I got far, four times the bandwidth on a blooming mobile device than I do in the office, which we pay for a considerable amount of money. So, yeah, maybe I should run the show off my phone, although I don't think the consistency would be there. Anyway, um, that little sidetrack was uh, really uh, red herring when it comes to what the show is about. The show is about music technology. This is the Sonic Talk podcast. In the next hour or so, we'll be chatting about synthesizers, software, production, plugins, music production, live, all kinds of things to do that with uh, my esteemed guests. I want to say thank you very much to our friends over at Isotope, who will be, uh, I think if I press that, that'll probably... Yeah, that's right. If you go to isotope.com, Sonic Talk, uh, you'll be able to sit and use the code pod Sonic10. You can save 10%, actually. That's not something, and that's on everything. I want to say thank you to them for their support. Much appreciated. And also our friends in the chats. We've got the YouTube chat. We've got the live stream. We've got the IRC. Uh, haven't got the cross-posting this week. Uh, Dom's on holiday, fortunately for him, but I couldn't quite get the thing working, and I need his expertise just to be able to show me. But it'll be back, and we'll be back on track, which this is the thing that allows allows all the posts to show up in YouTube. Uh, um, at the moment, it just shows up in uh, Discord, I believe, and I've got a kind of got a amalgam of that. Anyway, welcome, everybody. I'm going to think we're going to start over here. We haven't seen Mr. Matt Hodson, a.k.a. Maths, for quite some time. I'm guessing, well, you've been busy, you've been ill, you've been working. I mean, you know, all sorts yeah. of stuff going on. How are you? All those things. Um, I'm much better now. Yeah, weird start to the year, getting covid managed to get away for a bit of a holiday where i got covid and uh kind of re been recovering from that really so i was going to start the year with what i did last year which was releasing a song every month and and going down that route but um haven't i just haven't been able to get yeah i just haven't been able to get into it physically or mentally it's it's been a weird one with covid and we were just chatting about this before the show started about getting back into music when you've been away from it from a while and um there's a bit of a process involved isn't there i mean yeah, it, it, it's a muscle you know, I turn isn't around it? You need to, yeah yeah you know i'm looking at this behind me my modular setup and i'm a little bit kind of like a little bit it suddenly feels a bit daunting again just to pl start plugging stuff in and making noise but do, my 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 advice really is just to do that. It's just start making noise again and start plugging stuff in and open up your DAW and just start going again um, and just get the wheels in motion. Otherwise, you just kind of sit there stationary. Yeah, it's been a funny old time. It is, yeah. The brain fog is definitely a thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. That's for sure. So I'm guessing you haven't got uh, much product to plug on your excellent YouTube channel where you do all sorts of stuff, uh, including no. uh, rig rundowns and obviously your excellent video releases yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Oops, sorry I, about that. Wrong. I did have um, I, I did have a track just released, which has just gone on all streaming platforms, which was my last release from last year because uh, I staggered them. You know, they go out on Bandcamp first and then they go out online. Um, but no, do you know what, actually, I want somebody just to come around here and sort out all my streaming business because I'm, I just, I don't know. I need some, I, yeah. Anyone in the chat who's got some decent, what I want is some HDMI webcams. I don't want any DSLRs. I bought this a 3000, which is brilliant, but it's just too much for what I need. And I need multiple cameras. 
I've got a nice video switcher. I've got the A10 Mini, which is really good. Uh, but okay. I just need some little cameras that are really good in low light, so they look good. Um, that are just uh, you and the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they? <laughs> they don't cost Where very much. They? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I would suggest phones, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's it. I've seen it. I've seen quite a bit of that as I've been sort of googling around. But I just like things connected over wires. Although maybe you yeah, no, you, you can. You can get if you get a dongle with a USB output. I think iPhones will do yeah. it, and some uh, some Android phones will do it. I've got this phone here, which is a Xiaomi um, Mi Eleven. Mm. Unfortunately, it doesn't do over HDMI, but it's got a fantastic camera in it. It really yeah. is good. Uh, and I think yeah. you can spend a little bit. That's like 260 quid. So you spend a little bit more and you might get the HDMI capability and then you just plug it in and off you go. So it's worth looking at. Yeah, I mean, I was at. thinking, I was going to take the streaming a lot more seriously this year and I really I really need to get this bit sorted out because the cameras look awful that I've got. They're old GoPros that I'm, I'm using and uh, I've had issues with the software that I'm using and I was actually thinking about buying an, even an Apple. Sorry, I'm derailing this a bit. I was thinking about buying That's an right. Apple... Um, a, a Mac Mini M1, and using yeah. that just as my streaming uh, computer because I'm doing everything off a laptop, and that tends to have other software running in the background and yeah. a fan kit. Not a bad up idea. And, yeah, and M1 so, will handle it with a plum uh, OBS. No problem. Reckon. Just, yeah, you Any advice in the chat room? Most welcome. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Um, thank you for that sidetrack as well. It's all useful and relevant information because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there are doing much the same thing. And of course, we have Mr. Gaz Williams there, who's uh, just finishing his crossword puzzle. And uh, Gaz in Bristol, uh, uh, streaming, uh, streaming RS and uh, music technologist, live performer. Gaz Williams show. Are you doing a Gaz Williams show tonight? <sighs> Not sure. Yeah. Not sure. Can I? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I get, back, get back to us on yes. that. I will do the See show. I will do the show. I will do the show. Yes, I will do this show tonight, eight PM on my YouTube channel. Yes, I will. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for that. Um, hello, everybody. Yeah, glad to be here. Excited. Um, so yeah, my um, project I'm doing with Steve Davis is kind of official and green lighted. Now we've got a gig on the 6th of July. So the tickets are available for that. So I'm really excited about it because it's... Uh, Where's the link, Gaz? I'm looking for the link. I thought you were going to oh, send it to me because if I post it in the v chat... Have you... In the VMix, uh, the second uh, I link. Can't, I, I don't get to see that. Sorry. Okay, it just, it in the chat. In the chat. Just All right. Stick it in the chat. Yeah, stick it in the chat. That would be good. Okay. Wherever it goes. Yeah, All right, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll put it in the chat. But um, yeah, excited about that because it's... Um, it's a development of my modular sort of journey, which I'm really enjoying because it's the uh, it's the transition then into real into the real world performing music. But more importantly, I think it's this uh, really enjoying a, the conversation aspect that I'm having with Steve, and that's what we try to do as much as possible. Is just uh, yeah, it's just talk to each other rather than sort of one of us create. I don't know exactly, exactly exactly what's going on, but a different relationship to sort of maybe in a band where there's much clearer sort of definitions. We haven't decided to sort of like, you do drums, I'll do this. We're doing something more uh, abstract um, and conversational. 
And that right. is interesting. That I'm really enjoying, really enjoying. It's informing the approach that I'm doing. It's made the kind of idea of modular a lot more uh, clear to me because I'm able to sort of really focus the purpose of that it, in in as much as I'm making nice conversational tools to kind of give plenty of space for the other person. And I think that's one right. of the things that we've been really enjoying. You can make all the sound, can't you, quite easily with this stuff. Uh, yeah, very easily, yeah. Everything. Fill it so you can go to it's, – it's quite fascinating. You can just make small things, but two people making small things that are kind of interacting with each other. You listen back to it, it's not small at all. It's a very detailed and interesting and engaging thing to listen to. Um, oh, and that's fascinating. Another thing. I look forward to it. Yeah. I look forward yeah, to seeing that. Right. That'd be great. No. When, yeah. When's the gig? Where, uh, when and where? When and where? Uh, let's have a look. Uh, 6th of July, so it's a way off just yet, but in the Hare and Hounds in Birmingham in UK. Um, right, so that's a okay. kind of cool, cool venue. Um, yes. So where that will take us, who knows? But uh, we've just really enjoyed those um, those times we've been playing together now so taking it live is the is the next step um yeah so brilliant and there's a whole lot well, of other things going on as well Excellent. blah 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 but uh, that's just <laughs> well sp- speaking of live I, one thing that i do i went to uh golf rap uh played in bath ah, last night at the forum so cool. uh they were doing it's the uh felt mountain um uh, anniversary 20 tour, years. T- 20 years, well, 22 yeah. years. Uh, and I, of course, years. worked on that record and subsequent ones. And it was, I didn't know about it. And Will just said, Oh, do you fancy coming? There's, so I, I actually shot a piece with uh, Hazel Mills on yeah. the uh, her keyboard rig and had a chat with Alfie and just did a kind of little bit of stuff. And I used my phone for that, actually, and a couple of Rode uh, Go mics, those things, you know, those those chaps, whatever they are, go, go Mike twos, uh, just plugged in, uh, via a USB interface. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that actually worked really well. Can I ask uh, about um, them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can I ask about, about the, the those road. little road things? So they're just, you get three of them. Do you, you get like a receiver and two transmitters and they got a little built. Yeah. So they're like a lav mic clip on lav mic. Yeah. <sighs> we used them. We yeah. used them at uh super move last time. Uh, for sound quality. They're really intelligent and good at sound rejection. And also with these, and this happened to work very well for me, they record the audio in each of the mics. So there's seven hours recording in each one. So if you cock it up at the camera, the whole time this is on, it will record audio into itself. So I actually, because what happened to my camera, I was using Filmic Pro, the app, and it had a noise reduction uh, algorithm on the audio and it was just too fierce. And I thought, oh dear. And then I realized I had the audio that I could just put on. So now it's fine. Um, but yeah, great, great fun gig. So I've got a rig rundown to come and uh, just watching a band playing in a venue. In a, and it was a big venue. I don't know how many people there, probably a thousand people, maybe 800 to a thousand people. And it was rammed and everybody had a good time. Some people were standing up. I mean, yes, it felt like if I hadn't just had COVID, I might have been a bit nervous about it, but I felt like I probably got a few weeks before I'm, before I'm uh, due another bout. Uh, but uh, it was really good. And, and just to hearing, I'm still hearing some of the things that I did coming out from 20 years ah. ago that I did and the crowd going crazy for it. It's, I mean, it, it's such a fantastic I, awesome, feel, I feel Nick. really uplifted. I feel really uplifted yeah. from it. You know, it's been a long time. Brilliant. And so, so I really enjoyed it. 
Um, yeah. I would thoroughly recommend the tour if you go. I think they're playing in Edinburgh tomorrow night. I, I don't know whether there's only 11 dates, so there's another seven to go in the UK, but uh, it's well worth it. And they've got a string quartet. Uh, Hazel's playing keyboards, Charlie Jones on bass, uh, Alex Lee ah, on guitar. Charlie. And I, I'm trying to remember who's a, a guy called Seb. I think he's from Denmark on drums. He was really good. So it's a, it's a great lineup, and uh, I can only heartily recommend it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of waffle from me uh, at the beginning of this show. But I think maybe we could uh, we, we'll do a little bit of. I'm not, I'm not going to start with the. Uh, well, actually, I'll start with this because this actually feels quite relevant now that I've just spoken to that. So let's hey just there, put this one in. welcome to Life Noggin. Music is a beautifully engaging experience. You listen to it to relax, get pumped for a workout, or maybe even create your own. La 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 la! <clears throat> but how does music affect your brain? Let's start off with how music gets processed. Fun fact, regardless of your music preferences, your brain experiences music the same way that other people do. In a study where non-musician volunteers listened to four symphonies by William Boyce, an fMRI showed that they all had activity in the brain regions involved in movement, motor planning, attention, and of course, the auditory cortex. And this synchronized brain activity isn't what scientists would have expected if music was pro Right, I wanted to get to that bit because uh, this was just an interesting little piece because, and I think it really applied massively last night, just being in a, a room with people, you know, a thousand people all experiencing music that they were enjoying at the same time. There is definitely a sort of thing that happens. And uh, this is a, a video from Life Noggin. They do sort of animated explainer videos, like masses of uh, subscribers. Uh, and it just, it goes into a lot of the kind of things. And, and when you listen to music, it different things happen to what you're, when you're doing other things. And it, it basically the whole sort of thesis goes on to say you know about how it it, it engages your brain in different ways cognitively and also there's the process of learning and playing music is very very good for your just general synapses so people who play a lot of music and maybe play multiple instruments generally are a bit sharper have a bit more kind of uh not necessarily. I'm not saying they're cleverer, but that the, the the pathways are more regularly used that make them do those sort of things. So it just makes them a little bit more kind of with it. And I think that's something that's well worth mentioning. I suppose I'm saying what everybody knew anyway, and this is probably of no surprise to anybody. I mean, Matt, you know, you teach kids playing music. You must get to experience people the light bulb going off for them and that them sort of lighting up on a regular basis, you know, particularly you're doing oh. it on a, an early stage in their career where they may not have even played with other people before. And when that happened, you yeah. must get to see that. That must be so rewarding. It is one of the best things about my job. Um, last weekend we did an open day and what we do, we have a, we have a band on stage of students and they, they're performing a song and then we get new students who are thinking of coming, new applicants, they shout out, do it in this style, do it as a disco version, do it as a blues version. And then on stage, the band suddenly has to switch to that style of music and start improvising. And it's just so much fun um, because there's this instant interaction between the audience and the musicians on stage, um, but also just the way that you can take a piece of music and completely change the context of it, slow it down, speed it up and change it. And it's things like that I absolutely love. And the light bulb moments they're there across everybody in the audience and those on stage. When I'm working with um, young adults in, in our Mac labs and in the studios, and you see when they suddenly connect with something, when they click with something, and that might be a piece of technology or it might be music mm. in itself. I might play them something. I might play them some weird Zenicus piece or um, John Cage piece or, or just, um, just something that 
they're not that familiar with and suddenly they're sparked by an interest and then obviously that takes them down a path of oh well how did they do this how did they make that sound never heard of this before how can i incorporate that in there so yeah lots of those light bulb moments there are other things though that we teach and we look at about music and music bringing us together and the psychology of it and things like that and it's important to remind people that music also creates um distance in people as well it it, you know Mm. it actually splits people apart you know um things like you know you can look at the mods and the rockers for example you know it's almost like football teams in a way it brings certain groups tribalism yeah oh interesting but then it also the tribalism yeah but then it also separates people as well so as much as music can bring people get people together which is ace it can also really divide people which is really interesting how how that is and also you know, I also have this belief that there isn't really any emotion in music and that actually all emotion is applied. We apply the emotion to things that we hear, which is based on cultural understanding, societal understanding, your um, experience as a child and the things that you was introduced to and your experiences that you've had. These allow us to apply emotion to music. There's no inherent inherent happy music or sad music or dangerous music. These are things that we've learned. And these are the the concepts that film composers will use and and that kind of thing. So, I mean, these are all things that we throw out to the students and it opens up discussion and debate and discourse, which I think is really, really healthy rather than us thinking that music is just one thing. It's not, it's much more bit of a rant there, but no, I feel I feel like I've attended one of your lectures, Matt, and I'm I'm I feel all the better for it, to be honest. So thank you for that, and I because I hadn't really thought about those that 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 side of it, and so yeah, no, it, I appreciate that. You know, some people don't like to hear that. Some people don't like to have these conversations. When if I'm saying there's no emotion in music, because of course there is. We listen to music, and it, and it can do something, and it it we makes respond us respond emotionally to music. But it's it's up yes. to us how we how well, we feel. That's a yeah. That's, a fair that's point. right. Our res- our response is individual and unique and it's built upon who we are and our experiences and that kind of thing so i've just got to put this one in yeah. just for fun uh, as your head says uh, true radio head makes me happy ed sheeran makes me well uh, which i think is <laughs> I, I you know it's just an interesting i suppose i know guys i mean you know this was preaching to the converted this really isn't it because i mean that's why we do these things a lot of the time you know we do it because we make it it makes us feel good and yeah you know, we like to feel good so it's the same thing as it's the reason why i probably like to drink you know because it makes me feel good most of the time so that's what yeah. i do i mean not all of it's good for me or I like to walk. Sometimes it, it, and music is the same, but music has uh, so much, it offers the brain so much more stuff oh, yeah. as well. It's very powerful. Well, one, one little kind of story came to mind then when, when Matt was talking though, and that was, um, I was doing a workshop with youngsters. I think they were about 13, 14, like a rock school type thing. Um, and had gone in there and was just talking about the power of music. So I was kind of going on a little kind of little thing with them and just going like, you know, with just like maybe some strings and a piece of, you know, and some wood and skins and bang and just a really, really basic stuff. You can build all this energy up and you can make amazing things happen. And I gave them the example. I played them. The doors break on through, you know, the other day destroys the night, night by 
once a day, trying to run, trying to hide, break on through. And like, I swear to God, I saw all their light bulbs going off, all their heads, all of them just all became electrified at that moment, you know. And that, that music was so still powerful after all these years. And they didn't have any of the, oh, the doors are cool or the cultural reference. It was just based mm. on the conversation. And then playing that tune, I thought, oh, yeah, you know. Um, in a way, I was kind of feeling rock isn't dead at that moment as well. That's but. really interesting because there's a, there's a similarity, isn't there? It's like, I don't know if you've ever been to one of these things. When you, when you get to a certain age, you go to things like wine tastings, you know, where somebody sure. shows you how to appreciate a wine and what cheese <laughs> might go with it. And, you know, this, this it's like dinner parties when you get to over 30. You know, you'll probably have this once in your life. But the interesting thing is when, when it's been explained to you, and you get the same thing with art as well, when art is conceptual and you have the concept explained to you and then you review the art, your brain has sort of expanded to understand the nuance and that that's so that's that's a really interesting point what you're making there and but the other thing that i mean golf up last night okay i keep coming back to it because i'm still buzzing from it but you know hearing music played in a venue with a massive good sounding pa and dynamics i mean it was very interesting they started off with all the very quiet you know the the beautiful emotive stuff from felt mountain and the drums didn't come in until maybe fourth track in when it and it wasn't all the drums it was just the toms and they were massive and then when the <laughs> bass drum came in it was massive because the pa was huge and then i was just leaning up against this sort of barrier and it just started to move you know because it was like a, a divider and it, it because of all the thought of i just hear experiencing music like that is also something that many people don't get the opportunity to do and i think this generation again because gigs have, have become we're gonna have to build up to them i remember when we took our daughter um we went to see massive attack in outdoors in bristol when they played uh in bristol it was a few years ago she was maybe nine or ten it was dreadful weather tipping down with rain and you know there were other bands on and they played and then massive attack came on and they obviously it was their gig and they just made the pa go from sort of like this to like this <laughs> and just the amount of movement and air that came i just I, I saw her she got completely lost in it and it was because it was physical and i think there's a, there's something to be said for that as well because you can listen and it's cerebral and you can guess you get a lot of essence from that from recorded music, but live has a certain, has an extra, extra element, doesn't it, Gaz, that you just don't experience in the same way. It's, vis it's more visceral. Yeah. I mean, uh, the late night pop dungeon, Charlotte Church, then their pop dungeon, uh, the band I play bass in, we got a bunch of gigs this festival season now, and then it's it. It's it's caught, uh, Charlotte's calling time on it, end of the line. So we're going to go out with a bang. Um, she has called time on it before, so. <laughs> but um, one of the things about that band is trying to make a really raw sound. It's quite a small band, and it's just like a four-piece band, bass, drums, guitar, and keyboards. But there's a lot of singers. There's, uh, there's Charlotte, and then there's four other singers. Um, so they, they make a big sound with the vocal. But um, the way that band is set up is... Uh, you know, we can make these really big sounds. And because there's not that many of us, each of those sounds can be, you know. Big. Uh, really big, yeah. Um, we've been fortunate. Our sound man, Aki, is amazing. He's also front, he does the um, Fontaine's DC as well. Um, uh, oh, have I got it the wrong way around? 
Uh, Fontaine's DC, no, it's right. Uh, fantastic Irish band. Um, why am I saying this? Just that it's thrilling to make big, raw. I've got a huge pedal board and I make these massive, huge, big sounds. Using the Merg distortion from DPW, I hasten to add. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Making these really big, filthy, massive sounds uh, through big PAs to loads of people who are like, it's totally addictive. I mean, it's totally yeah. addictive. I can't imagine once you start doing it, why you wouldn't want it. And it's the same with electronic music, yeah. isn't it, and Matt? But once you hear some of the oscillators and things through big systems, oh, you just gosh. appreciate just how, how vast they can be. It's really... Absolutely. Yeah. When I first started playing around with, with this lot, just listening to o oscillators on our own, I was like, hang on a minute. These, this is as close as you get to playing with the sound object. You know, it is as raw as you're going to kind of get it, and I and it just amazed me how how rich oscillators sound. Even you know, like a, a derp for one or something quite you know quite an old one or whatever. I mean, they're great. And um, it occurred to me, well, if I was to go out and play live using this, it's only going to sound amazing and big and and rich and bright and beefy and low end. And uh, that sound palette that you can get from this. It is just amazing when you play live. I played live. I managed to play live last year twice, and one of them was supporting rival consoles. Amazing venue. They're just the the low end in it was just amazing. The crowd was amazing and everything. But I just felt so connected to the um, the space that I was in because I actually tuned a lot of my a lot of things to the resonant frequencies of the room as well. So I was able to make that connection with the actual space. And wow. I think it's yeah, really nice. important when you take 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 music and you listen to it in different spaces it can become a different thing it can become it can emphasize it or it can actually make it more annoying I mean, imagine if they were you sat in a doctor's waiting room or something or uh, where it's kind of you know it's quite quiet and everyone's sort of having their little moment and that kind of thing and then they're playing i don't know uh, cannibal corpse or something like really really loud well everybody's sat there waiting to go you know it can change the environment completely yeah. Um, and <laughs> you I can imagine empathy, it yeah. seeing your, your productions, you go and see it played live and you'll listen to it in a live context. We all know that when you play live, there's n you can take new liberties with the tracks. You can add mm. new energy to it. For example, I've worked with quite a few ambient artists and they're like, I want to play live, but this is going to get lost and people are going to be stood there chatting and drinking and, and you're not going to hear the nuances. So I was like, okay, well, you can take some liberties here and change the track for playing live. You can add extra low end to it and just go crazy with that. You can bring in a big kick drum if you want to. You you can make this work for the stage. And I, it's something I learned quite early on when I was making ambient music and playing out live. It was getting lost. And it made me come back to the studio, actually, and start making really hard techno. And I said, maybe that's what's made. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. where I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah interesting interesting yeah, um, I, I should I, I should probably we're getting lost in this which is great I, I love it but i should probably just have a little word from our friends over at isotope because uh of course they are uh, a long time supporters of the uh the podcast and we always like to hear from them here we go isotope producers club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. 
Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, not only uh, can you uh, enjoy the subscription, but there's also, uh, if you go to sonicstate.com, uh, sorry, isotope.com forward slash sonic talk, they've actually created a special landing page, uh, page which has just been uh, updated, uh, where you can add, oops, 10%. I've spent that wrong, haven't I? Uh, let me, uh, uh, oh, damn, I pressed the wrong button. Yeah, 10%. Anyway, so go there and you can save 10% on all the purchases, uh, software purchases, not uh, uh, subscriptions or hardware. But uh, once again, we thank Isotope for their continued support of the show. Right, uh, I, I kind of went a bit early with that. This is a new one. This is one that came in from Matt. And it, I, uh, this is really interesting. The Maya uh, EMI MD900 XVA. This is a, a new, sort of reworked Austrian synth. Lovely opening sound, 16 voice. I think there's analog, there's digital, there's uh, uh, 16 voices, four part LFO, port serum format wavetables, I think the digital oscillators, but it's got, this kind of looks like a Eurac modular, but built into a single desktop unit. It's a chunk of change, and when I first saw them at, um, Superboo, it wasn't this ready. Uh, this is a great sound demo from Limbic Bits, uh, which you can check out. Uh, I, I think I've got the. Yeah, I haven't got a link to it, but uh, this is just a sounds only video. And Matt, you saw this one, and it does look really interesting. I mean, uh, it, it has some lovely sounds, and it's got. I'll tell you what it had for me. It's got that sound that the. Um, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember what it's called now. It's that digital filter sound which can be bad but when it seems to be done by people of german persuasion it just seems to sound really good i'm talking the access i'm talking uh George uh what's it called i can't remember what it's called now i've completely so i told you i brain guys will remember delta sep a yeah same thing nicely spotted though because i saw I, i'm going to go and definitely see this at uh at, at, at super pre are you, are you thinking I mean, it's a whopping 3K, but... Oh, mate, this is... Uh, you, you know I've been thinking about getting a poly for a while, and uh, I've tried out a few, and uh, I came across this. This was on the Matrix Synth website, I think it was. They posted the demo, this actual demo, and I was like, hang on a minute, I don't, I have, I don't know this one. What is this? And I suppose not only was that the sounds coming out of it was really interesting, I thought the interface looked really cool as well. The form factor, the size... Um, you've got the filter amp and a mod envelope right on the front of, of it. You've got um, your filters straight on the front. It, it's just so nicely designed, I think, ergonomically as well. It's not only a synth. Um, it's a sample player. You've got drum machine ability in there, mod matrix, arpeggiator, clip launching. So you kind of yeah. uh, you sort of Ableton-style clip launching stuff going on in there. 
I mean, well, what I think what, one of the parts can be a four-part drum sample voice, isn't it? That what that and that makes it kind uh-huh. of interesting in that sense, yeah. And have you did you check out the kind of smaller Eurorack version, which is on the website? I know. I I, th- um, I think that's the one that I originally saw, and I think that's it, maybe. But I think right at the beginning, it didn't. It, it was the was it just the oscillator? It looked a little over complex for me. This looks a bit more manageable. Yeah, the, but... they've got a so they've got a, a, a voice. So they've got a, essentially like um, you know. A, oscillator voice kind of thing but they've also got the m800 which is kind of it looks like they've taken this stripped away whatever they needed to and smacked it into eurorack format and it looks really really impressive the io on that the io on this looks really really great i could not find a price and yeah I I, well I've, i found it i found it at dv 24 7 uh listed but it, i i yeah. think it looks like they were expecting it to ship uh mid-may uh but it was 2900 uk pounds i mean it's a chunk of change yeah. it's a lot of money it's not yeah it is a lot of money but um if i was I suppose to, in know, line 30 percent sorry 30 percent increase has been happening across yeah. the board across a lot of hardware True. and this is a boutique person so if you consider this might have ordinarily been around about the 2k mark it, yeah that that sort of seemed to be a fixed price but we're all experiencing these up these price increases now right yeah we are yeah and lots of delays i've, I've got holes in my rack here where i'm still waiting for particular modules but i know everyone's working the hardest I guess you've got to ask yourself, are you okay with that sort of VA sound that you mentioned earlier? That, that oh, man, sort of, the Delta Sep you know, sounds brilliant. Yeah. And this seems to have that it's kind good. of characteristic, that kind of – there's something about a really well-implemented digital filter because it's yes. unique. And I think because most – what happens when you hear a filter mostly, they're mostly based on the same – roughly the same filter circuit designs or even the same chips which have you know a, a two-pole filter or a, a whatever you know that these stat there are standard filter designs that we hear a lot and when you hear one that's got its own thing like the delta set like the access virus like this but from the sounds of things then it, it's got immediately your ears prick up because it's it's it, it, it's a refreshingly different sound i think that's what i'm trying to say isn't it it's it, the, the amount of movement in the voice that you're actually able to get with this, it, it just, um, I don't know, it's just very attractive to me. And I suppose you've got to connect with an instrument. And for some reason, I just connected with this one right away. Um, like I say, the, its design, the IO on it, but what's actually under the hood, all those abilities that, you know, the clip launching, the, the drums, instruments, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I definitely, if these land, sometime soon i think i'd be definitely interested in this I'm definitely interested in the m800 as well as the um the the euro rack version as well it looks really yeah. great um i think you did look didn't you say you looked at this didn't you in Superbooth i think i looked at it at uh, Super Booth, 2019 i spoke to the guy but it was mm. all a little it was an intro it was there was a sort of dsp bit and then there were all these euro rack modules that just controlled that and it all felt a bit weird of a weird concept whereas this all in one seems to be a really much more winning combination, I would say. But uh, oh. yeah, I know, Gaz. Have you got any digital uh, filters in your uh, your rack or life? Because yeah. they do I've have got, some. Got, yeah, I've got the Radical Technologies RT seventeen oh one, which is is that the Delta Set filter, basically? Yeah, and the filter stereo filter. So, uh, which is fantastic. Ah, oh, what fantastic module! I mean, it's one of the. 
you know, Rolls Royce model. Do you ever yeah. switch it into analog mode? Because I never, whenever I do, because of the Delta Step's got an analog and a, a digital oh, yeah, mode. Or I never bother. I never bother with the analog because the digital one sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jörg, who's a great friend of mine, in, I think he he always says how you know the the filter is better, and uh, there's just sort of like lingering uh, prejudices going on against digital filtering. Uh, I, I, of which I do I do harbour some. However, when I use that module. I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah. what I was going to say, this though, it does look really interesting. What it brought to mind a little bit for me was like, um, I was thinking about how some of those brilliant synths, uh, early amazing synths on iOS, on, on iPad, as they started coming out, like N-Log, obviously uh, N-Log by great Rolf Woolman, who has gone on to do the uh, quantum uh, yeah. and uh, iridium for for Waldorf, but you know, he did a great N log synth on iPad. And then I remember thinking at the time, or we, we probably talked about it on Sonic uh, Touch, um, about how it would be amazing to sort of take these synths into a physical kind of, you know, using lots of digital fanciness, but putting it into a really nice desktop thing with lots and lots of controls. And this seems to be like yeah, really that's what we're seeing. Great. <laughs> what we're seeing, yeah. Uh, but also in this kind of desktop format, we've seen um, Waldorf doing that recently, both with the Kyra and the um, Iridium. Um, but there's something inherently very attractive about that desktop sort of display. You know, it doesn't take up a huge amount of real estate on your desk, but with all that functionality. So I think. On a form factor basis, this is a real kind of winning formula. Now, it's got the touch screen as well. The thing that I would be concerned about with something like this is just how how good the software implementation is. Um, mm. And there's a lot of lot of scope for it being buggy with things like like the clip launching and just getting all of that stuff really super slick. I think that would make this a complete winner. If there's any sluggishness or any weird behavior in that digital interface i think um, it's yeah it's always the tough part isn't it because we've seen yeah. we've seen it time and time again where we've seen a really ambitious and uh, highly anticipated instrument that's got a lot a big software a aspect to it i mean you know that there have been yeah we'll get around to the firmware oh no we'll just get on with a new product uh, you know you end up they you don't want that to happen for something that's going to cost three grand i mean we've seen it right. happen with other instruments right. where where you kind of go this will be great when it's finished and it sort of never gets finished because the yeah. manufacturer moves on to other things and you know when they're mm -hmm. small they don't they can't afford to have a team working on software updates to the 20 people for the 20 people who bought this you know it's yeah, that's the problem yeah. you get so that is the danger of something with such an ambitious thing however you know given the intent i mean it's a fantastic design it's well worth looking at isn't it it's um mm. well uh, he's been he's been at superboot for the last two or three years so there's, there's longevity yeah well i th i Really exciting for a new manufacturer to come out with something, uh, or newish manufacturer to come out with something so ambitious. Brilliant, you know. Let's hope it does well. Yeah, yeah. In terms of okay, those, those things. That, oh, go. Sorry, go, go, Matt. Yeah, I was just thinking that those things that never quite got finished. I think the one that always sticks in my mind is the Dave Smith Instruments Tempest, the drum machine stroke synthesizer sort of hybrid. Oh man, that was. That was so close to being so good. But having said that, they go for a lot of money on the second-hand market. Because they, they sound they, great. That's the thing. They do sound great. There's just 
so many things. I would probably have got one if if I didn't know about the, all the inherent bugs, bugs in it, which are there for life now. Um, but I wish they'd sort of opened that up, done open source. So did they not, did they not open source You it? want to tweak it? I don't, oh, I, I, oh, I don't know. I don't think they did. I don't know. I, I, I can't remember whether, I, I know it's happened in the past, doesn't it? It had some late right. life kind of big update, didn't it? Some really big update, late life update to Tempest. I can't remember. Yeah, it, yeah it, I, I, I remember reviewing it. I mean, it was so long ago, we were in a completely different, studio space that's how long it is um yes well anyway i think we should probably move on to and i'm trying i'm just wondering what to go with next i'm sort of tempted to go with let's go with this because i think this is going to be an interesting uh uh just the uh, move again que vous to aimez another voilà. uh, des that's not français. it uh, que vous aimez tant. there we go that's what i'm looking for hi and welcome to this tutorial of crystalline the new reverb plugin by baby audio Yep, this is the new, uh, it's basically a new uh, algorithmic uh, reverb plugin from Chris Baby Audio, who we've we've had dealings with in the past. We've seen they did uh, uh, the, the tape and they've done various other things. And they've tied some of that stuff in with uh, AI and machine learning, which has kind of been quite clever. And this thing, so look, it's very, uh, it's very OP1 interface. It's got that kind of molded knob. It's got some interest. What they kind of say is they, that it's uh, highly tweakable. Uh, it, it's also got sort of modern features. So things like uh, pre-delay and the decay time, you can sync to clock, which is a really interesting idea. So you can have the reverb fitting in the spaces that are musically available, which is a nice thought. There's also ducking uh, and um, filtering. Uh, it's good to see a freeze in there. And it's, only, it's 99 bucks normally, and it's only 49 now. And this does look kind of good. And there's some really interesting things where you can really, you can change the size in early reflection and the the length. So you can change the, the size of, a, of, a, of an early reflection room into a massive place, whereas you can make the actual reverb in a really small space and vice versa, get some really interesting ideas in fact the video goes into a load of that uh, for those who are interested uh, gaz um it's interesting isn't it i mean you know we still very much i mean even while hardware used to be the king it's still much more convenient to have these things in in plugins and this does look kind of cool yeah it does i mean um I guess it's always one of those things with reverbs, isn't it? About uh, it, it, you sometimes go from a single control reverb, which often on hardware things, you know, just with just an amount control, through to uh, something like uh, 2C Audio's Ether, which was a standard sort of reverb for me for many, many years. So I set the standard, uh, but the amount of, of available parameters to adjust on that was uh, huge. So finding what are the most pertinent or musically uh, pleasing parameters to adjust or relevant parameters to adjust, I think is probably uh, a really important part of making a reverb kind of useful. And that's what this one looks really nice for. They've gone for a very clear uh, interface and it's not too crowded. Um, as I say, using e Ether as my uh, point of reference, um, it's hard to sort of decide which, you know, when you, it sounds beautiful already. 
and you just yeah. just speak the length and you know why do you want to particularly mess around with it that much more um however this looks like it's inviting you to uh it's looking like you, it's inviting you to really uh experiment with it which i think is uh i think it's really nice without looking too daunting Sorry, I'm not trying to speed you up. I just thought I'd put a music bed under here of, uh, of, of what it sounds like, just to give a sort of little, a lovely little musical kind of uh, interlude. Oh, but it, yeah, it does sound kind of good. Um, I know, uh, Matt, I, you use, I guess, in terms of production stuff, you're using it for... I'm going to have to switch it off. You use it for <laughs> the rhyme along. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you're using it in the box and also in the module, which obviously this isn't available in the module. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'd, I'd like this. There's a couple of things that this jumps out at me on because, you know, reverb plugins, they great. Another rever reverb plugin, another reverb plugin. But what is cool about this is that you can focus the reverb on the transients or the sustain part of the sound, which is really, really cool because yes that's good yeah I often like i might use um i might use reverbs <laughs> on things a lot of transients and you usually get this kind of don't you that sort of big emphasis on the transient sometimes and i just sometimes wish i could dial that down and i have to use eq maybe for something like that whereas this you've got the focus there or not the other thing yes. that was quite interesting is that you can sync the reverb times to your song and i've never thought about syncing reverb times to my song i've always dialed reverb in by ear um i might think about the pre-delay a little bit i might think about that and how that's maybe synced to what's going on in track yeah. the bpm and that kind of thing but reverb times synced to a track could be useful i don't know it's quite interesting i'd be thinking well what would happen if i did like um, you know, sometimes when I'm not writing music, I sit, I just sit down and do like a sound design evening where I just make, I just get all the plugins out and just make sounds, record it all out, chop it up, use use it for things. And I'm just thinking what I what I do if I was using this is I'd probably program in loads of tempo changes, um, you know, Logic or Ableton or whatever, Bitwig, and um, put this on it and uh, just see what happens with like some really erratic tempo changes and what happens with that reverb sound and whether it kind of you can play uh, the stereo cause, with, yeah because sometimes when you when you change the pre-delay and the, the time you get these really interesting it can sound you do. if it's done non-glitchy and it actually uh interpolates yeah. between these values i know that um it's the uh the dreadbox what's the, not the typhon what's the the thing that's the there's a there's an adjustable pre-delay on the spring and a lot on a lot of their pro and it's it's just re when you modulate the pre-delay time in a reverb it can sound fantastic that's a good thought do you yeah there are a few out there aren't they where you play with that time and there's some on delays as well and it doesn't do that weird kind of thing it will just kind of um it will just pick up where the clock is and it'll just ah. it'll adjust to it without doing any weird sort of sucking sounds which you might might or you might not want but um, there are ones out there that exist like that. I always thought that was a marker of higher-end coding. I uh, could be completely wrong, but it would seem to me that it's probably harder to code a reverb or a delay that doesn't make those kind of un unwanted, sometimes unwanted, sucking sounds and moving sounds when you change the tempo. So, um, But I could, I could be com completely wrong, but... 
Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the, the two main reasons I'd go for this one is is that yeah. sustain attack thing, uh, syncing it to the the BPM, and um, um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I mean, the interface is really clean, and and that's yeah, it is that. nice, really isn't quick. it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's good, good. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's good. Okay, well, uh, it's available now, uh, half price, effectively. In fact, uh, in the IRC, or is it the Discord, uh, as you had, yeah, uh, CR78, uh, available, if I put it here, it's probably, oh, no, available for 43 bucks. Use the discount code analog at JRR shop. Uh, there's a link in the, uh, it should have gone past. It'll be in the notes somewhere, or not in the notes, but in the comment stream that you hopefully will be seeing. Uh, right, okay, uh, gosh, what should we do next? I, I, there's just... There's so much to do. I didn't even mention the fact, and I haven't, maybe we'll save this, but I should just flag it up for next time. Uh, obviously, the new audio news of the new uh, Spark subscription, the native plugins, is in it really big news. I'm hoping to get a hold of that and have a look uh, maybe at the new synth that they've released. Uh, that's going to be interesting. But that we'll, we'll, we'll park that for the time being and perhaps come back to, uh, I'm going to, I'm just for you, Gaz, I'm going to bring this one in because I know how much you like yours. Hi, this is John from Teenage Engineering. I'm here to show you the latest module for the OPZ, Line. The Line module is an expander for the OPZ, which adds an additional audio input and output, as well as some extra sync options. This is the PO35 Speak. <laughs> Oh no, out of sync. But the uh, line module has a pocket operator sync output. Yeah, it's a very quirky video full of some really good examples, this. And I know, Gaz, well, we famously did the OPZ uh, review where I think everybody who watched it thought that we'd fallen out and we're just get, I was getting really angry with you. Because it, it, it frustrated yeah. me because it was so... I, I think I used the term willfully obscure in the way it operates. But these these new modules, because they are the really interesting idea, and this one is, uh, you know, no different. I think there are a few, but what it does, it gives you uh, line in and line out, uh, secondary audio connectivity, I think, stereo so, and then the switchable midi io po sync or trigger io so it's actually quite a lot of additional flexible stuff and when you consider you know what the opz could do assuming you can be bothered to learn it then uh, and i'll leave it there and now i'll go over to you guys i mean you, do you still use your opz i mean truthfully or do you stick to the op1 <clears throat> um truthfully i do take the op i take it i do take it with me places because it's yeah, it's, uh, that's not the same thing. Do you ever take it out and use it though? Yeah, but only oh, okay. in that. Yeah, but only, only in private. In, <laughs> only in private. Yeah, um, but I, it is an infuriating device. You're right because it's actually insanely powerful and it does sound really good. Uh, definitely sounds a lot better than the OP1 in terms of oh, conversions or whatever. Yeah, it's got really much. Yeah, definitely a better sound, um, and it's an audio interface as well as it goes, you know, if you connect it in. Um, and the headphone output, you can use like a, a, a triple barrel jack on there so you can get a mic in on there. But having a lot of the, utility in there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, you can sample directly from YouTube via, uh, via the uh, digital in. Um, so it is, you know, it is an extraordinary powerful device. I mean, I remember when I did the thing where I set up um, 16 
instances of VSTs on my computer, mostly based on Omnisphere. And then just sat in my chair like the Maxell guy, you know. Was it Maxell? Yeah, um, Pete Murphy. <laughs> um, Bauhaus, yeah. Y- yeah, I just used it as a wireless remote, using the sequencer wireless. So it's all all the sounds oh, coming wow. out of the AW. And I'm just sending the MIDI, and got it Bluetooth connected to the computer, and then, and then you just switch, and you've got a 16-track wireless sequencer with loads wow. of power. Full sequence of that's impressive but i would ask yeah. you okay you had a nice sit down and it seemed very easy yeah. how long did it take you to set up though <laughs> oh yeah no i mean that was more of just sort of proof of concept sort of <laughs> yeah, idea I have i gone I back and done it again no so uh <laughs> you know i see what you're getting at but at the same time i, I just really admire just the kind of oh the kind of ludicrous the ludicrousness of this, I suppose. But that module gives it a, um, I don't know, just gives it an extra thing. I remember, I think we were together, and that like discovery that you could actually open it up and inside there was like a kind of airfix kit thing that you pop out. Oh, incidentally, whilst we're looking in the, at the innards of the OBZ, look at that. User yes, replaceable, user replaceable, yes, common uh, phone battery. There's no denying they're great designers. And to be fair, 149 quid, while it seems a lot for a teenage yeah. engineering product, it's actually quite reasonable. Um, I would say. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was that was the last thing though. That inside there, you go, what is this thing? You you pop it out. This is the slot that that new thing will occupy. The default is this weird plastic thing, and then you pop it out. And then you realize that these things, they go in, you clip them in the back of it, and then it gives you a phone oh, mount. So it didn't have a screen, but you pop it out, put your phone there, and it's got a you state do, Yeah, it's got it's an editor, hasn't it? That's right. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. it's got a, a, a <laughs> I can't remember, is it Bluetooth or iOS editor? Matt, yeah. um, I suppose, I don't, are you an OP, uh, an OP1 fan or an OP? No, okay. I must, I must admit, look, I've had, I've had a go on them, but anything sort of teenage engineering, I tend to walk the other way. And that's not because they don't sound great or they're not um that full of really interesting possibilities they are the only reason i go the other way is because of the interface i'm just not drawn to that small screen i just i just can't work with that it just don't work with me i just don't connect with it that's all having said that i've heard some great things coming out of them and i know i've got a lot of mates who are who swear by them but i must admit i kind of like the direction now teenage engineering are going with the kind of uh well they've got these small modulars the 170 the 400 and i wasn't aware that they were doing these kind of little breakout cartridges and stuff for the opz and and mm. things like that so there's a there's a new kind of ecosystem I, I i can see them as a company walking towards that i hadn't hadn't been aware of um and it seems like it's just kind of snuck up I, as much as the the interface of these 400s and the modular synthesizers, they look great. They, you know, they look like something from like Ikea would have done or something oh, like that. Great. I, I like that sort of design. But um, oh, it's awful. 
Have you, awful. Have you used them? <laughs> I, uh, well, I did. I built the yellow one, and it was just. Did you? I, I, I built it, and I just ended up not reviewing it. People have seen it here and go, "Why didn't you review it?" Honestly, it was. So, it sounded all right, but all of the yeah. parameter scaling, everything. So you just move the, You move these tiny little fiddly knobs. They're yeah. All massively linear kind of response. It's almost impossible to get anything in tune. There oh. was no. The CV scaling was complete. You know, you may you get maybe an octave. You know, it was just okay. all wrong. I, they may have fixed <laughs> you, that, but I think you've kind of confirmed. Great. I think you've kind of confirmed some of my concerns there, really. But what I'm, I'm just interested to see where this company goes in the future. And you know, if you know what so I think, powerful, they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be the people who uh, are brought in to to design the Apple Car, or you know, we're going to see them that they're going to be a design house that that you know, given another ten or fifteen years or five years, they're going to be doing really big stuff like you get the Pina Farini, you know, all of that stuff. You know, it'll be it'll be all a B and O designed mountain bikes well, you know it'll be th well, they'll be doing all of that i reckon well it's interesting isn't it because the op1 the opz has got some very powerful software in it whereas the the kind of modular things that you was just talking about it's not it's not really software based two quite different no. arenas that they're working in there so i'm wondering which one they're going to go down i would love to see them get the op1 and unpack all that intelligent software in there that they've designed and um put it in something that some of us can connect with where we're not sort of i know that i just remember trying to make a sound with it and it was like two guys having a boxing match on my screen and i was just like what what is this I'm, i feel distracted i'm I'm just not connected with this i just yeah it's just well you don't get any of that on the opz it's just a load of gray buttons on a gray background it's absolutely <laughs> it's really no distraction whatsoever yeah <laughs> Gaz, I'm sorry, I'm teasing. Uh, yeah, interesting though. Sorry, I mean, I'm glad to see it, and I, I like to say, I think you, I, you know, I think we're going to see some big stuff from teenage. You know, it's just not going to be restricted yeah. to the to mu music no, area. They're going to be a big company. But you know, design design is a huge part of what the company. The company was a design company before an instrument company, wasn't it? The OP One was just like one of the people or a couple of the people who are part of a design team wanted to sort of show off some of their design chops and chose synthesizer as a you know as a as a product to to have a go at designing uh which is oh. a very different place than where most uh instrument designers come from you know so coming from a design first sort of um they must have um, a really really ace uh a software development team just quickly uh it's in the chat somewhere i'm trying to find it now uh teenage engineer oh i think it might have gone past it was uh, there's a nothing company who've uh, teased a new phone which looks very teenage engineering and i i have a feeling that they might be involved in that somewhere down the line i think i've spoken to somebody and i've heard something behind the scenes that might mean that they are getting into that so i didn't mean to interrupt guys i just wanted to no, try and no, catch no, it no. before it left oh, the oh, oh, i've just uh the, that one product has sort of confounded me somewhat, though, is the radio that they do, the kind of magic yeah. radio. Yeah, with the, with the speakers oh, that yeah. you can, your child could just poke the cones out of instantly. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. And just that, it's just so expensive. But I've never I've never actually heard one, and I'd be curious to, to hear if they actually sound good or not. Um, but that little I rewind thing. I they might. Quite I nice they might, but yeah. yeah. Nice idea, yeah. 
I think, you know, yeah, they're quirky, but also interesting. Okay, I wanted to get this in before we run, because I, uh, I know that you were very interested in this one, Matt. Uh, I see if I've, I've, my video... Hi, this is John from... Que vous aimez tant. Voilà, qui m'aide des sous-titres en français. Yes, this is it. Uh, hello, Claudio, is, how are you? Uh, Fine, thank you. This is La, uh, La Sondiers, which is uh, a great... Uh, um, French music YouTube channel, uh, and this was from Synth, Synthfest France. Uh, synthesizer mixer yes. uh, with 24 channels, yes. is that right? Yes, it's a, <clears throat> an audio mixer basically, but uh, is uh, dedicated to synthesizer. It is uh, full customizable, so in this case there are... I, I, you'll have to watch the whole thing. It is a kind of a slightly uh, neither neither speak native English, but they don't speak the common language between themselves. So it's a little bit kind of disjointed, but it's fine. Uh, uh, and but this is a really interesting video. Uh, I think I've got that. Yeah, this is it. So the the idea is it, it's a built it's a custom built for synthesizers. It's got a massive power supply, you know. So it's it's got decent uh, preamps in it. There's no digital business going on. It's got it can be configured in many ways. So in each of these channels, like you can't see, but there's an in. There's a send and return inset point, and then there's a, a, either pre or a post fade out as well. So lots of patching capabilities, and you can have it configured. If you decide you want more channels or more auxes or more uh, sub outputs, you could send it back and they'll do it for you. And it's about four or five weeks. It's couple of thousand euros but it's very specialized and you you seem to get quite excited about this one matt i did i think i've talked many times on this show about that mixer that i just have in mind um i don't have a mixer anymore my mixer is essentially the uh expert sleepers es9 that i just run everything into uh, and, and tiny little mixes i've got dotted around um but this is really interesting it's configurable highly configurable so you can make it what you want which is just that i think that's kind of what we want these days it's design and it's um quality is looks like second to none you've got your auxes yeah. on it you've got um you're in all the all the sort of usual gubbins that you'd expect on it um i just got very excited about this because it seems like somebody's doing what i've always wanted them to do essentially and they're making something yeah. specific they made it for you well I it cost so. you two thousand euros and you have one. to wait four to five weeks for them to build it but uh, the only thing oh, i was yeah. a bit disappointed not not i was a bit disappointed not to see stuff like uh cv control or mutes i think mutes would be very important on something like this that kind of stuff would, would be to add i know guys i mean you're also getting into uh Eurac, and mixing is always well it doesn't i mean synths generally i mean there are a variety of different possibilities <laughs> on there that you forget there was the was it the roland mixer that got used a lot the rack mount one which has had loads and loads of line inputs there are yeah. things that are out there but i don't know i mean the rolling quality was okay i don't think it, i suspect it this has probably got a, a, a bit more going on in terms of quality but there's it's just line mixes no eq and sends that's it right yeah and i mean you know the lack of faders i think makes sense doesn't it from uh the point that we just want to set the levels mostly and just leave it and you know, rotaries make perfect sense for that. And sort of, uh, so, you know, a product like this makes, you know, uh, it, it, it's a really good idea because everybody's, typically everybody's synthesizer collection grows. Um, do most people since, I, I don't know, but it seems that way to me anyway, most of the people I know. Uh, and you're always needing more 
inputs, always needs more inputs. And uh, this has got quite a small footprint overall, really, hasn't it, for mm. the amount of yeah, It's very close together, the, uh, the, all of those, all of those, non- yeah. all of those uh, inputs. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool. I don't know. But- I, 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 don't know. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you what I think people should do, uh, and this is just a th- you the uh, the principle to get something which has some kind of digital busing on it, whether it be AES50 or Dante, and you just buy more I.O. for it. You know, so you start with a 16 mm. IO with da- a mixer that's got a Dante card. Then you mm. just plug another, uh, another yeah. couple of. Th- you know, so you just keep adding. You just, I mean, so digital mixers or or even sound cards that just you can expand the IO on seem would seem to make more sense to me. Although I don't know that there's a a, a, a very cost effective way to do that at the moment. It would seem that that's ripe for the picking. Where you know you just bring by. I, I think Dante's the is Dante the sort of winning uh, digital. System at the moment, I uh, guess you might know that. Matt. Yeah, that Dante much, is, yeah, yeah uh, Focusrite are using it quite a lot. It's, it's great for just pushing audio signals at very small latency around large distances. Um, but I think actually, when you'd said that there's no mute on this, Nick, I actually hadn't noticed that, so that's a good point. And I suppose. I suppose I wonder if they might be interested in making a second version of this because <laughs> it's not for quite you, right yeah. <laughs> for me. Um, you know, I would like to see maybe on on the master fader a kind of DJ high pass low pass um, filter, and maybe you could assign particular channels to that because you might want to filter stuff yeah. out through your DJ thing, but you might just want to leave some stuff untouched and drop that in and out. Mute buttons might be interesting for that. Um, but that that's kind of it. I mean, it's got auxes on it. It's got um, – it doesn't have grouping. I don't think it's got the bussing on it. Um, it has – yeah, it does have – they had a sub out on that one. You've got an A and B, but I don't know how it's assigned. I don't know how it's assigned. And I suppose if it was me, just because I like playing around with game structure a lot, and um, I'd like to see another little dial, which is kind of like a gain rather than volume. So you've only got volume per channel. But – you have to also look at this for what it is. And what it is is that it's, it's small, it can stand, it can sit here. You don't need your long throw faders all the time, which tend to take up loads of room that we don't always, always have. Always, always have. Um, no. But this, this, you know, this gets away with that. I think it's a step in the right direction. It, at first, when I saw it, I thought this was something that Soma had built, Soma Laboratories, because it's not. Yeah, you know, I know got what that you're kind saying. Of vibe of, yeah, it's got that kind of vibe vibe to it so i don't know maybe we're starting to take steps towards looking at a new approach to mixers that we want in a modern age for modern music Mm. producers i'm thinking again guys i'm coming back to so imagine right imagine this we've got a you have a sound card whatever it may be that's also just got a ethernet uh, patch point on it so you just plug in more and more modules so you might have a, a flying two channel one that you want to put over the other side of the room because you've got a stereo synth that's over there you just plug it in it comes in it just comes into the system you've got another one that's got eight that would be at mm. the bottom of your you know your effects rack or another one that's got 16 you just plug it all in and then in the middle of it all is you know something like a behringer x32 engine that you could then apply and group and just all of this stuff just flies around Without any, I mean, it just seems to me yeah. that there, there must be. I don't know. Maybe, you maybe know, the reason there isn't is because Dante and AES fifty licensing no, is perhaps quite expensive. Maybe. 
What is that thing? There is that thing. We've seen it. They're like cubes and you can connect them up with... Uh, oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a, that's expensive as well, though. Yeah, but you still need nice you still need something at the you still need something at the base, which is kind of like okay, I know what to do with all of these. It's not just yeah. a sort of program on a, on a computer that you matrix yeah. all of the ins and outs to each other. It's actually something more interactive, maybe a digital mixer with with multiple Dante ports. Yeah. So you just plug any. I suppose yeah. you just get a router and you do it that way. But it just feels like there's mm. there's nothing out there. I mean, you know, you yeah. can buy. I suppose you can buy more mixers there are mixers that have dante built in i think that i think you, or you get cards for them that are more affordable but it just feels like there could be you know you could just i just need two channels of dante and that could be like 50 quid you know here we go plug it in i just need an ethernet cable it runs all the way over there or i put you know whatever and i just feels like that's that would make sense to me yeah i Please. mean you know it's, it's i think a lot of people I, well, I know I'm trying to do it myself, but a lot of people who've got a bunch of different synths and drum machines and various things, trying to get them all plugged in and all sort of happy singing and dancing together, all synced up. Um, I, I think that that market, you, you know, you don't necessarily need uh, really, you know, total high-end stuff for that. You know, that it's robust line-level stuff in the most, isn't it? So mm. uh, to get to get a lot of those signals in, I don't think needs to be a particularly expensive... You don't need high-end mic channels, do you, for robust line level? No, but I suppose if you're talking about uh, a digital base, you, you need a decent A to Ds. And, and to be fair, you know, oh, yeah. there is a difference between a really nice radial DI with, uh, you know, tra ISO transformers and whatnot and just, you know, your standard line input on a Mackie VLZ, you know, so that, that it will make a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just in terms of what it needs to be for a lot of people, I just maybe gain controls and maybe pan controls and I don't know, you know, all yeah. the sound shaking happens. Exactly. But I suppose the thing is once you, if you've just got the IO, then it's all in software and you just figure out what you want it to do, make your own software. Anyway, we could go off ranges, but I, I think we're probably, uh, we're probably at the end of the show. We, I, I, once again, I've rambled on and derailed, but uh, thank you everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Gaz. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Matt. Uh, thank you, all the folks in the IRC and the chat and whatnot. And thanks to all of you who uh, get in touch. Oh, I forgot to mention, if you're interested, you could join us on Patreon. I should do this at the beginning of the show, shouldn't I? But uh, yeah, we're still posting stuff. We've still got loads of archive things to go up. There's a few more reviews coming in the pipeline. Uh, uh, and uh, there will be uh, exclusive content. There is a lot of exclusive content there already, but there'll be even more, as well as ad-free versions of Sonic State stuff and of course sonic talk included the pre-show of this anyway so please do head over there and uh, join us on patreon uh patreon.com forward slash sonic state um thank you everybody uh matt uh, lovely to have you uh, i hope uh we'll see you online again soon and your music will be out there and you get back up to full speed or whatever it is that you've been thinking about while you've not been making music will make its way into your creative output somehow i'm sure it will yeah That's i'm gonna do works. i'm gonna write a folk album tonight um, on my ukulele, I think. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's the direction I'm going to go. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I maybe I will uh, plug my guitar into my modular and try and use that as a guitar foot pedal or something. I've been having weird thoughts about things like that. So I might do that. I've got a song in progress. I tried to live stream last night, but as I say, I had loads of issues. Um, 
so I need to get that sorted. So hopefully be online soon. But if you haven't seen my live streams or anything like that before, please do head over to my channel and um, check it out and hit subscribe and, and like and let me know if you want me to do some more. Great to be back. Excellent. As well. Cheers, mate. Yes, well, nice to see you. And Gaz, thank you once again for joining us uh, and uh, great news about your modular gig. And of course, uh, I imagine you're somewhat preoccupied wondering what on earth you're going to do tonight for the show that you've committed to <laughs> at the beginning of this show that you weren't already going to. So yeah. <laughs> what, what's uh, on the show tonight, Gaz? On the show, I think, uh, what I, I think what I'll do then is I'll show some of my, uh, my live set, my live rig that I'm going to be using for that gig. Uh, and show some of the decisions that i've been making and uh do some music with it as well um yeah why not i'll do that i was wondering about how secret to keep all of that but i think what's the point that's not as much fun is it um because i want to kind of chronicle build, build a demand yes you want to build a demand <laughs> get people along yeah because you know uh like i won't go on very long here nick though but Certain modules give you an experience that is unlike anything that you experience if you either use sort of traditional synths or DAW software, unless you kind of getting into sort of VCV rack or maybe React or things like that. There are certain modules that, and I would say Mutable Instruments Marbles is a good example, that um, the more you explore that mo module, the more it uh, really brings that modular experience into like this completely unique thing. Kind of get it. It's like, ah, this is what it's all about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've, I've I actually i'm speaking of that i've been playing with uh the clouds and i figured out that the uh yeah. the blend control is cv mm. controllable oh. and it depends on what parameter you have it set to as to what it does in any yes. given point so you can modulate like the dry wet you can there's and i just suddenly thought oh there's all these other things i didn't even realize because i i got into kind of uh cv pitch tracking the the playback so you could play effectively a second pitch on whatever was going in but then i started to think about modulating those and i was just started, i was like oh okay that's interesting and yeah, yeah. endless mutable fun mutable instruments stuff is just pure art it's honestly uh, emily gillette artist incredible artist of this superstar coder yeah amazing 100%. absolutely 100 percent. i agree with that anyway well on that kind of rather uplifting note i think we'll say goodbye to everybody thank you very much folks for joining us it's been great and once again thanks to everybody listening that was a sonic talk episode uh oh what was it sonic talk episode uh 709 gosh not long now till we get to 800 or and then 808 Goodness knows what we'll do for that. Yes. Take care. Bye-bye now. <laughs>